Yeah, I think you see what it well. says in the background. It's, it says MetLife Stadium, so that's an image from, from last night. Yeah, I'm aware. <laughs> I'm trying to think who you look like, Sam. I'm drawing blanks. Um, you look very distinguished. I don't know. I'll say that. I feel like I'd look like someone, but I can't really tell who. Someone with like a long, kind of rectangular face. You've, I mean, you've always looked like Adam Driver to me, and this is sort of... The next evolution like, of that. Yeah, as long as I'm, like, somewhere on a scale, there's, like, you know... I'm on a scale where Adam Driver is the most attractive possible kind of version of that. Yeah. It's not the worst place to be. No, there are certain... Adam Driver's an attractive man. You, you, saw, you saw his chest in The Last Jedi. That, <sighs> I did. Ben Swolo. Smash a watermelon between those pets. Hello and welcome to Stiff Upper Lip, the NFL podcast by Brits, with me, Ed Wilkins. Me, Emma Hebron. Me, Sam Long. Me, Tom Chappell. Excellent. Lovely. <sighs> It's, it's lovely to have you back, Samuel. Lovely um, to be back. Y- yeah, y- yeah. It's how's how's it how's it like being actually you know, watching football again? I was happy for about fifteen minutes. <laughs> fifteen minutes of fleeting happiness for the first time in eight months. Yeah, that was essentially it. I was like, wait, that was a, that was a visual thing, so. The, <laughs> yeah. For the, for the listener, I smiled and then proceeded to stop. I mean, shall we start where it feels most pertinent to start with um, with the Sunday night game, the the clash, if you will. You mean Monday at night? Life Stadium. I do mean Monday night. Yeah. Yeah, it's Tuesday today. Bloody hell! Who who decided on back to back Monday night games? By the way, I like it. I like it when I can stay up and watch all of the football. And not have to get to bed at like seven o'clock in the morning. I don't like it when Broncos Titans is still going on when I'm waking up. <laughs> get it to fuck ESPN. I don't know how you guys even managed to watch any. I just I just cranked through the highlights. It was the only <laughs> I don't blame you to be fair. And that is more I feel like that's more than you've ever done before. So it is much I'm on a, I'm on a career high in terms of <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Bloody hell. Should we start with it then? Mm, let's get right into it. Yeah. Sam, do you want to say hello to the listeners and sort of give um, us introductory bump? Hi, listeners. My name's Sam. I like um, long walks on the beat. I do know you were talking. Um, so, yeah, Steelers Giants at MetLife. I wasn't terribly surprised by much in this game. Pittsburgh's defense was as good, if not better, than. I had any reason to expect it to be. Our own line was terrible. Danny Dimes wasn't really able to do much as a result. Uh, Saquon got absolutely just, I mean, I guess just closed down for the entire game. What was it, six yards? I, I have the official stat line for Saquon Barkley here because I've, <laughs> I've been holding on to it for, for dear life. Uh, Saquon Barkley held to six yards on 15 carries. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, the 38-year-old uh, hack of a quarterback that everyone's been slating for being a fat shit uh, had nine yards on one carry. So, I mean, Saquon with 14 more carries 
uh, with three less yards than a 38-year-old lumberjack, really. So there you go. That's that's his stat line. Didn't um, <laughs> What I saw, Saquon had a couple of good catches, though. He played well in the receiving game. Yeah, he did very well in the receiving game. It was quite a lot of uh, screens and sort of just very short completions and... Because our defense was playing like four men going towards the ball every time. There was a lot of times where like TJ Watt or Cam Hayward or Ole Adeneyaye, I'll say his name right, got very close to Daniel Jones and he completed it on a, a very nice little screen pass, usually to Saquon. But yeah, his, his rushing game wasn't wasn't effective at all. But anyway, carry on, Sam. Um, I mean, I don't have a terrible amount more to say. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was I was incredibly impressed by by Pittsburgh. They managed to. I mean, again, I'm only watching the highlights. <laughs> <laughs> in the like in the first quarter, the after that kind of club punt, we ended up with the ball at the Pittsburgh like three or four yard line, and still they managed to get a field goal out of it. Yeah, I don't know, man. That wasn't a terrible amount of encouraging about the whole thing. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. I mean, I, there was certainly the, the beautiful deep pass from from uh, Daniel Jones for the first TD. I mean, I thought that was gorgeous in between the two DBs. Mm. Yeah, yeah, there were flashes of kind of him being allowed a bit more time to to come up with those kind of deeper passes. But I mean, I was still a little disappointed in him. There was what I think eighteen or nineteen play like. 87 yard drive, um, which we ended up with no points for because he threw a pick. He does Not look quite flustered. It's true. I mean, I think once he gets the, you know, you hear it all the time, but I'm going to say it. When the game slows down for him, he's going to be a good passer, but at the moment he, he does seem a little scared of the pass rush, doesn't he? And that's probably more to do with the. Uh, the O-line being a turnstile than it does anything on him. Yeah, because um, I, I personally, my takeaway was it was that Daniel Jones actually had quite a good game. To say that sort of Andrew Thomas ended up having a, a pretty bad game as, as sort of cast into the fire trying to guard Bud Dupree as well on, on, on your first ever NFL game, not going to go well. Against the like NFL leading sack team last year, that O line did not look great. But I thought that Daniel Jones, I I thought handled his baptism of fire pretty well. To be honest, that 19 play drive was was pretty pretty bloody solid. Uh, there were a lot of times where it almost seemed destined that it was going to sort of stall out, and then Daniel Jones would sort of make a good pass. Just the two picks, I think, were were the only real downside really for Daniel Jones. There was that one that TJ Watt caught, which just wasn't. It was low. It was it was straight at the D the D lineman. Of course, he was going to make the play. It's TJ Watt for God's sakes, dude's a ball hog when it when it comes to it. And then the other one, you don't you just don't turn back and throw it across your body. And that's what Daniel Jones did for that second one. I just don't think he expected Bud Dupree to be as close as he was to him. But yeah, a couple of bad throws I don't think can take away from a poor performance from Daniel Jones. But yeah, mm. I mean, it did lead to. What, nine points just from those pick sixes and kind of run a play that followed. Yeah, I think so because I think yeah because the first first touchdown came from uh, the TJ Watt interception and then we got a field goal as well after the uh, Cam Hayward pick. Can we can we please talk about my Lord and Savior Big Ben? Because I've been waiting <laughs> to I've been waiting to do it for about a year and a half at this point, it feels like. I mean, yeah, this was his first game of football in... Since week two of last season. Jeez. Yeah. 
So as far as I'm concerned, I thought it was a very solid, at first very rusty. You could see that the timing wasn't there and he almost sort of looked like he was still there in, pre, in training camp. But there was one drive where you saw Ben Roethlisberger of old coming out and it was uh, with about a minute left on the clock in the first half, just inside the uh, two-minute warning. And Ben Roethlisberger gets to call the plays, gets to call the shots leads the team downfield with a scintillating two-minute drill drive and it ends in a touchdown courtesy of a, a stupendous piece of hustle from James Washington. And as far as I'm concerned, that that is the most encouraging sign. I mean, he ended up with 220 yards and three touchdowns on the day. Juju getting on the end of some catches as well. I mean, he's, he's looking for a bounce back here. Benny Snell had a great game as well, but man, is it good to see seven back in that in that huddle calling those plays and making those shots he had a solid game I don't think there's much argument to be had I mean I think he played well but I I think he was solid but unspectacular was what was what my notes say about Mm -hmm. Ben I thought you know he was a high level quarterback not a great amount during this game I mean he was he was a good game manager and he made sure that the the result wasn't ever really in doubt but equally he wasn't absolutely setting the world on on fire well if you sort of remember back to when when Ben got hurt and the sort of 14 weeks of complete gash that we saw after it. I basically said that this team needs someone to manage the game because the defense will win games on their own and they did it here again. We just needed someone that would make the plays when they count, be a reliable player that won't just turn the ball over after four plays and and put more pressure on our defense. Ben Roethlisberger back out there added complete unity, I think, to the entire team. And and bear in mind as well, it's a completely un- tested I'd say O-line at this point obviously Pouncey and Alejandro Villanueva uh, were out there who were sort of veterans on the team but Matt Feeler playing at left guard uh, we had Zach Banner who unfortunately left the game at right tackle Stefan Wisniewski uh, Pittsburgh native at right guard because David DeCastro was out and, and even still Ben did his thing with that team and it was it was nice to see someone taking the game and just moving the ball moving it along and and making good throws when it's needed and that's that's where Ben's role should be it's not it's not we're expecting him to be this all-encompassing we're we're expecting Patrick Mahomes level of play from Ben Roethlisberger at this point we're expecting a guy who's going to lead the team down the field just take his time with it and as the rust slowly starts to crumble away from him again I think we'll start to see some more of these sort of high level passes I mean we saw glimpses of it the pass, the deep shot to Chase Claypool where he made an absolutely ridiculous grab first catch in the NFL and it's a toe tap fully extended I think he had like a next gen stat like percentage of I think 11% or something maybe 12% and that was his first catch in the NFL so you saw glimpses of the Ben of old but we don't need him to be the Ben of old we need him to the we need him to just lead the team with the top top defense i'm pointing out there best defense in the goddamn league <laughs> i th- i think that's a good place to to leave this game unless either of you has anything else to say no i'm happy to leave it where, oh, really? where it is yeah cool beans well shall we move on then to the other monday night game the broncos titans game uh yeah i i don't have much to put about this one except that derrick henry must have been absolutely shattered 31 carries 115 yards. He doesn't usually go God mode until sort of week nine, I think, of the season. 
usually he's sort of a steady back before then, and then he turns into like the ultimate powerhouse running back. But 115, 115 yards, 31 carries. That's a good performance for Big Dezza. Mm-hmm. I think I've, I've, I was trying to work out while I was watching this game what was weird about this offense, right? And I've thought it for a long time. And I almost thought it, I, I realized what it was. And it's because Tannehill is the same size as Derrick Henry. Yeah, he's a fucking massive dude. And we keep talking about Big Deza Henry. And then there's just got Ryan Tannehill, who we just associate as just some pasty white dude. No, both built like brick shithouses. Both of them tall as fucking skyscrapers. Mm-hmm. I, I, th- I thought that, yeah, the, the game itself was kind of nondescript outside of Derrick Henry. I thought Melvin Gordon had a pretty rough debut in Denver I think he's sort of experienced quite a fall from grace Mm. especially with his fumble uh this was one of those games where it felt and I it felt like a sort of a week 14 game between two teams that had sort of been eliminated that's kind of how it felt to me and I know that's not a very that's not a very nice thing to say about your team but like I didn't really see aside from Derrick Henry there was an, a lack of sort of like effort plays. You know, no one was really beating anyone after the catch mm. on either side. No one was like taking a screen sort of like 75 yards to the house. There was nothing. Well, to be fair, I think I, I do want to give some credit to Noah Fan because... Yeah, no, he did play well. He played, he played bloody superbly. I mean, he obviously was Drew Locke's favorite target because I think he ended up with like 11 targets on the day. But he turned those targets into big yardage plays and it, it is a bit of a shame really that the rest of his team couldn't contribute. Uh, Jerry Judy ended up with a couple drops, but he it did look like the Broncos had got more effort plays in them than the Titans, but the Titans just ended up just having a little bit more quality at the end of them, unfortunately. One thing that you can't say about quality, though, Stephen Goskowski. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. bless his heart. <laughs> Quite oh. a case of the yips. Yeah, <laughs> I kept hearing the commentators always referring to him as having this Hall of Fame like level career and being a future Hall of Famer because of what he did in New England and then fucking missing three field goals and an extra point. It was just like, is this the same guy or have the Titans been fleeced by New England for like the 900th time in a row? <laughs> yeah, they, well, they think they, they think they're like getting Goskowski, and then like Nick Folk turns off. Like, <laughs> yeah, Hello. it's actually Kari Vedvik in a mask. Oh, don't talk to me about that, man. <laughs> yeah. Speaking um, of New England, um, does anyone have anything else to add about this sort of wet lettuce of a game, or shall we move on? Uh, not really. I'm I thought it to... was. Was there what was the maybe like one stack on Tannehill the whole game, like without Von Miller? It seems like there's a pretty sizable hole. Yeah. yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think as well, it clearly showed that the um, the Denver run defense wasn't particularly stout either, which, you know, they weren't last year. I mean, they allowed a lot of rushing yards. So I think it's just more of the same in Denver, really. Mm. Patriots Dolphins uh, as our week one predictions winner Beth is a Dolphins fan I feel like out of all of the Sunday games it's probably the most apt place to go 21-11 Patriots Cam Newton returned to form two rushing touchdowns it seemed like the Cam Newton of old had come out even if he was like Roethlisberger a bit rusty yeah I mean it was nice to see him having some designed runs and some scrambles I thought his arm looked a bit scattershot again, you know, sort of in his last days at the Panthers, but he was certainly making plays with his legs and he looked 
durable. The Patriots supporting cast around him, it's a good job they've got a strong O-line because you look at them and outside of Cam and what he was able to do today against a, a mediocre f- defensive front from the Dolphins at least, it sort of it was the perfect game plan to beat them mm. but you you worry when they go up against a better side, you know, how are they going to find the first downs if you keep Cam in the pocket? He, he wasn't really finding his receivers. Yeah, I do agree on that front. I just think the Dolphins... I don't think that they showed enough for me to to really warrant them being up around the Bills at, at the end of the season. Whereas I think the Patriots did at least show some quality and it shows that Bill Belichick can make anything work at this point. doesn't matter who he's playing. It has helped over the years that he's had sort of three complete butt fumbles of teams. But, you know, it, he will make things work. And, and this just seemed like another one of those games. Yeah, Dolphins-wise, Ryan Fitzpatrick turned back into Ryan Fitzception. What was it, two picks on the day? And uh, just a wet lettuce performance from the man of five spice levels. See, I I disagree, you know, because he threw two picks and they were bad picks. But I think, I I actually don't think Fitzpatrick played badly in this game. I think that he was, it was another situation in Miami of just not having the protection, not having the receivers over Mm. Fitzpatrick doing anything wrong. Like, I think if you'd have put Tonga Vailoa in the, that position, he'd have played exactly the same way. Potentially. I'd, I'm not saying that I want Tua Tonga Vailoa going in at this point. He's not ready. I, I, I don't think that any starting quarterback would have been better, really. Because, like, I do agree with you in the fact that the receiving options and O-line just was, was not really ready for the Patriots, who do still have a very stacked defense, even with the sort of opt-outs that they've had. So it does sort of make sense to me that it'd look worse. But I mean, it's just funny to say Ryan Fitzception. So that's that's where my heart lies. That's true. And I think as well, I mean, there were a couple of unsung performances in that game, especially the sort of the, the guard play for the Patriots. I mean... I, I just, the, the Patriots O-line played really well. I think that's my that's my pick. But did, did anyone else catch your eye? Not massively, except Jerome Baker, who made a, a superb forced fumble tackle on Nikhil Harry. Ended up putting him in through the end zone. Yeah, Jerome Baker, I think, could potentially be one of the most underrated inside linebackers in the NFL. I think he makes more plays than people usually see because, oh, the Dolphins. But it's almost as though Jerome Baker's sort of doing things on his own at this point in, in Miami. And even that's even with the uh, the help that they've ended up getting this this past offseason. It just feels like a bit of a wasted career, unfortunately, for, for a guy that is as talented as Baker at making those plays. Yeah, you've just got to hope that he's still there when Miami transitioned back to being a good team, if they ever do. Um, where do you want to go now, boys? Shall we, shall we move to a, a different region, uh, another game? Sam, do you have any idea where you'd like to go next? Uh, I mean, I won't mind getting uh, your take on um, the Packers Vikings. <laughs> okay, well, I'll say this a first. Post-mortem, as it were. It is a post-mortem, but it's it's a tough one, and I have a few takes. But I think the first take is this, right? Obviously, the Packers won this game. I'm really upset about that. But the Vikings scored enough points where they would have only lost to two teams this week. It's... I don't think that it was a bad performance from the offense per se. And I don't even really think it was a bad performance from the whole defense because I thought that Eric Kendricks and Anthony Harris played outstandingly. That said, they came up against Aaron Rodgers of old, dare I say it. He was a class apart in his ability to read and shred the young cornerbacks of the Vikings. And there was no, no real response to that. I thought that Kirk threw a bad pick late in the second quarter that really changed the game. It was probably the worst. I mean, 
technically perhaps there were worse throwers today like throwing back across the body I know Daniel Jones and Sam Donald made mistakes like that but in terms of just throwing the ball to the DB it was one of the worst passes you're gonna see um yeah it was a tough one to watch for a Vikings fan, but there are positives to take from it. Like, for example, the corners are going to grow. The corners are going to learn not to get beaten like that. And, you know, the offense, if it's if it plays like that, it'll win nine games out of ten. It's an interesting take. I, I'm going to sort of focus a little bit on the Packers. Obviously, you saw more of this game because you were, you were sat watching it, whereas I was only catching what was happening on Red Zone. I do like the point that you did make about it. It did look like Aaron Rodgers of old. I mean, some of those throws were the level of elite quarterback that we've not seen from Aaron Rodgers for, dare I say it, the last four or five years. He looked like a man who looks like he's having fun playing football again, which... Maybe on the coaching, to be honest, because Mike McCarthy ends up in in Dallas, and we'll come on to those later, those pesky Cowboys. And this is, what, the second year under... uh, Matt LaFleur. Matt Matt LaFleur, yeah. It's his second year in that offense. It's it's obviously had time to sort of learn what Matt LaFleur wants. Aaron Rodgers has only had one perfect quarterback game in his his entire career, and that came under LaFleur. Are we about to see the resurgence of the stud in Green Bay, the guy that basically every media outlet fucking adores, whereas we over here don't really see it usually? As the fan of an NFC North team, it got me worried and it got me on notice because if he plays like that every week, then you know how we thought the Packers were a pretend 13-3 and team? Yeah, they're a real 13-3 and team this year if he plays like that every game. Yeah. Because you've got, I mean, like I say, you've got to remember that aside from a couple of bad individual errors by the Vikings, they didn't play poorly at all. So he, we just came up against a player in absolutely dominant form. Yeah. Are we are we staying in the NFC North or are we, we going to wait until sort of Emma's feeling ready to, to maybe discuss? Yeah, if, if, we move, if we move somewhere, I don't know, I'll pick a game. Should we say um, Cardinals 49ers? Go for it. Very much go for it. Well, I, I just gave my analysis. I'd like to hear your analysis. Well, <laughs> that was very corny, but it works. Kyler Murray showed exactly why Kyler Murray was drafted number one last year. I just, what a performance from a mobile quarterback in a mobile offense. And this is what happens when you give him a target that he can actually look to use, guys. This is what happens. Nuke shows up in Arizona and Kyler Murray looks like a fucking stud. So as far as I'm concerned, the Cardinals, they are one of my teams that I'm absolutely keeping my eyes on for the rest of the season. I was already going to be doing it anyway because Nuke and Kyler Murray is just going to be an interesting combo. But man, to, to make the 49ers defense look like they were just a regular old Joe defense out there. That that tells me that this is a functional team again. It wasn't comfortable, but then again, this is against the team that were in the Super Bowl last year. It wasn't guaranteed to be comfortable for either team. The Cardinals went and bloody won it. Did you know, Ed, that this is the first time since 2015 that the Cardinals have had a winning record at any point? They've been above 500 once since 2015, and it's now. I did, because you posted it to the group chat immediately afterwards. I did. And I... They... I mean, I I hesitate to say, oh, I told you so. But I completely called this game and I'm very, very happy about it. 
and I'm allowed, I think I'm allowed to a little bit of a brag because it was so exciting to watch this team. Like offensively, it was like a college team. And I know that we were sort of all really hoping this is how it would be last season. And it kind of, it wasn't really like it was all right, but it wasn't the sort of four, four wide receivers. Yeah. It was just exciting, you know, and as someone who really, really values just individuality in teams, you know, I think that the Cardinals were so fun to watch because no other team is doing that, splitting four wide receivers. You know, Kyler Murray made plays with his legs. The 49ers, they made him look average, except for one one good touchdown run from Raheem Mostert. It was sort of, there wasn't really a lot to cheer for in San Francisco. It looks like George Kittle might be injured. So Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Have you seen the footage of him sort of coming down on his knee? It's almost as though his, his knee ends up going backwards. It's It's been diagnosed as just a knee sprain, so he, he, he may potentially only miss a couple of weeks, but that is going to be a huge loss for the 49ers who offensively, aside from uh, Raheem Mostert, just did not really click. I mean, we've never been advocates for Jimmy Garoppolo as a quarterback, and I don't understand why people have been getting on the hype train. There's nothing there for me whatsoever that suggests that that guy should even be a starter. There are guys that are backups on teams that I would rather be seeing starting for a team like the 49ers than Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm -hmm. So... I wonder what those hands smell like, Tom, because I think I know the answer. Caviar. They, oh, I mean, (laughs) that's a a discussion for potentially another day. Uh, Have you finished your caviar fingers uh, analysis data? Yeah, I have. Unfortunately, it's on my work computer. Oh, no. (laughs) I might have to do it again. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, we will have a Mr. Mr. Caviar Fingers episode in a couple of weeks, everyone. So keep your ears peeled. Yeah, uh, definitely keep those fingers primed and ready. Um, But as I mean, there's a lot of interesting projects, but I always look forward to the caviar one. Uh, I still need to finish off the uh, the Andy Dalton scale as well, which I will be will be firmly getting on board Mm -hmm. with, and we'll we'll be seeing potentially some more articles coming. Anyway, moving on. Yeah, is it my turn to pick a game? You can. Yeah, you, you give us the game you want. And then I'll tell you what, why don't you just give us a quick plug and then move into the game? What am I plugging? Are we plugging our Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, or website? YouTube's. Why don't you plug Instagram this week? Are we doing an Instagram plug this week? Well, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, we, we, we tend to find ourselves socially unmediaful. Uh, at times, however, I'm going to be getting on. I'm going to be getting on board it now with it. Like everyone's sort of locked up inside and whatnot. There aren't going to be particularly many interesting photos. Although now that I've got a working computer, I can make crap Photoshop and uh, use that for our our little thing. So if you want to, if you want to see all of those pictures, you can check us out on our Instagram. Uh, and let's let Emma edit out this awkward silence as I remember what our bloody thing is. Joke's on me, ladies and gentlemen. I'm the one who's editing it out in post, because I'm the one doing the editing. Oh, yeah. It's so late on Thursday. Okay, well, so the Instagram that you can follow us at for our shit Photoshop is uh, Stiff Lip Pod. You can also, if you want some more content from me and Beth and Emma... We're all going live on Twitch, ladies and gentlemen. There are all three of us, uh, so you can you can check me out on Chappersman nineteen ninety seven. We've also got Emma, who goes live on Little Moon Gaming. 
she's going to be getting involved. And uh, Beth is tiny potato underscore gaming. So there you go. There's where our hosts are doing other things, but you can check all of us out on the stiff upper lip pod Instagram. Anyway, uh, I'm going to send us to a game that probably you weren't expecting me to send you to. Uh, we're going to go to Washington, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to go see the WFT 27 to 17 winners over the Eagles. Well, that front line for the WFT looked more like WWF. It that did. was a <laughs> mauling. That was horrid. Oh, I mean, you feel for Carson Wentz. You really do. Because it's like protected by nobody, holding onto the ball for too long because his receivers couldn't get open. A bad performance from the Eagles, certainly. A good performance from Washington, certainly. My my fear for the Eagles is, is there something systemic going on that means their players are never healthy? You know, is, is there something going on in the background where perhaps the medical staff, you know, there, there has to be some, no team can be this injury riddled for so long. Well, that was the thing. It was almost sort of you you see the inactive list that gets sort of posted by teams and theirs was like a fucking depth chart, let alone just like a list of seven or eight names. It was like fucking, oh, here's, here's who we've got on the WWE card later, getting mauled by some fucking Chase Young. He's gonna, we're going to get a fucking defensive rookie of the year that's going to be fucking worth a damn. Chase Young, I'm on the hype. He looks solid. I mean, forcing a fumble in your first game is a, a pretty big thing. You know, exactly, and two sacks as well. What a guy! Mm-hmm. Yeah, well worth it. Eight, it. Sack, eight sacks eight, overall. Eight on the day. Yeah, Carson Wentz bruised, battered, and in need of an ice bath after that one. <laughs> I love the way you. I love the way you describe things, Tom. It's very um, unique. Mm. I mean, it's such a pasty. If you sort of look through what all of our episodes tend to be named, I can guarantee that you'll probably find at least 70% of them are just quotes from me that I've been describing some shy in the game. Anyway, anyone got anything else to add for uh, for Washington? We've not talked about their offense even. There isn't really a lot to say. It's just sort of a you know, your classic stodgy Ron Rivera offense that'll beat teams with a bad defense. Mm. Peyton Barber having a really good uh, opening opening week for a brand new team. I mean... What was it? Three rushing touchdowns on the day. He, he didn't even really have anything to do, sort of outside of that. But for a goal line back to score the points when it's needed, score I mean, all it, the points when it's needed, aside from kicks. Well, yeah, exactly. So what a what a way to get your your first W in uh, in the NFL, Washington Football Team. Welcome, welcome in. Where do you want to take us to now, Sam? Um, let's land. I'll be. Quite happy going for the bird ball. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for someone to fill that. Oh. Um, I was introduced to Let Russ Cook wave coming out of Seattle fans. And boy, did he. It was fantastic. I've got to say, Sam, the, I don't know whether or not it was just on my end, but the way that your voice was cutting out, it sounded like we were just using those sound bites from... Do you remember when <laughs> you recorded like a bunch of sound clips for when you couldn't be here? It just sounded like you just had all of those just playing on the soundboard. Boy, That's did he. Let <laughs> Russ cook. <laughs> but yeah, in, in all seriousness, it was, it was very exciting. I can't believe that the Seahawks won the game where they allowed in excess of 
500 yards. Yeah. That is, that's the Seahawks' new thing, because didn't they do it last year as well? Yeah, a couple of games, I think, like three or four. What more do you say? You know, the Seahawks, it was exactly as we'd anticipated, by the way. The Seahawks had very little pass rush and very little way to protect Russ, and they still managed to win. Yeah. And uh, was it in our preview show where I, did, I mentioned at length about how the Seahawks are the most entertaining team, I think, in the NFL, purely because every match ends up this sort of air, well, just like a dogfight, really. That's all it is. Fuck your Seahawks, the Doghawks or Sea Dogs. <laughs> we are the dog hawks. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't think of a, of a more bird-oriented, apt name for a team. I mean, the Falcons, 450 yards passing for Matt Ryan. They're a bird. Russell Wilson, <laughs> one of the... <laughs> Sorry, I just... I got, I got put off by Sam just fucking... <laughs> They're Is a the bird. Falcons are 450 yards? That's a bird. <laughs> <laughs> Seahawks, Russell Wilson, air raid offense. That's a bird. Perfect. I mean, what a what a bird. Be a, a new kind of binary rating system for him. like bird <laughs> or no bird. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Sounds good by me. Perhaps we should use the sort of like the golf scoring system where like, oh, is he an albatross? <laughs> 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 like eagle birdie well, no, albatross yeah I feel like eagles are far superior to albatross certainly in a football well I mean no because they lost against the Washington football team so they can't be that good <laughs> <laughs> that should be a lesson to anyone if if you too renounce racism maybe you'll be the eagle <laughs> <laughs> oh god ah uh. Ed, I think it's your turn to send us down to uh, down to a new game. I mean, have we even really analysed Seahawks Falcons, or are we just talking about birds? <laughs> it's all you need. I mean, yeah, I've given I've given a point about how both teams are in fact aptly named birds, feathers, etc. Fe- <laughs> I made some notes about the letters, but about that, I'm okay. I'll, I'll just say one thing on this game. Then it's, it's it's less about the game and more something. Did you guys know Matt Ryan's thirty five? No. He might, yes. he might leave the league before too long and then and this is gonna sound strange, but then there'll be a sort of weird lack of these pocket passes. Yeah, because by the time that Matt Ryan leaves, we'll we'll not have Phil Rivers, we'll not have Ben, we'll not have Brady, and we'll not have Breeze, because all of those will have gone way before Matt Ryan. Everyone else is just gonna be some fucking highly mobile guy. The only guy that I can think of that's like remotely even close to like a an out and out pocket passer that could potentially stick around for a while is uh i guess maybe josh allen but even he's mobile yeah this is the thing i think i think that matt ryan is sort of like the last of a dying breed like unless unless dwayne haskins takes this like enormous leap and becomes like the second (laughs) coming of warren moon then i think (laughs) well if daniel jones actually gets an an o-line to sit behind then maybe he'll be a pocket passer but you can't really have a pocket passer when you don't have no pockets Hey! Uh, you know, it's you know, it's just this is transition. <laughs> all how long have you how long have you been in transition for since two thousand seven? Um, about uh, yeah, a good six or seven <laughs> years. What's that? Um, the Antonio Gramsci quote: "The the old world is dead, and the new the new world struggles to be born." <laughs> now is the time of monsters. <sighs> yes, I mean that that does. 
that's the Giants, isn't it, really? How have we ended up back here again? <laughs> the, the New York Giants are like a kind of sinkhole. They just pull everything <laughs> else in. <laughs> like a starlight. The black yeah. hole of the league. <laughs> Pretty soon after that, I was with the Giants. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, it's... Okay, where are we going? Um, yeah, go on, Ed. Colts, Jags is kind of interesting. Should we go there? All right, sounds like a plan. Indy look crap, dare I say it. <laughs> no pass rush. Minshew was basically able to just pick his pass. He had a good game, but solid, if unspectacular. Well, he went 19 for 20. Like, when, when have you seen a guy that is known for his big explosive plays and... and huge sort of passing attempts just have a solid day of 19 and 19 for 20 like what the fuck well it's because he was under no pressure like well, yeah you know uh, respectfully like a passing machine like there was nothing from the Colts there was nothing interesting remotely from that side both on offense and defense even with Philip Rivers there he was just chucking floaters over the middle and just praying he didn't get picked. It was exactly the Philip Rivers we saw last year. Yeah, I do. Th- I do think that if the Jags hadn't sort of ripped apart their entire team, I think we could have potentially seen our first five interception day for Phil Rivers because some of those some of those pass attempts were just downright shoddy for for a guy who is meant to be a guy who can read uh, read pressure and and make the right decision. I don't remember seeing him make a right decision more than five times in this game. Yeah, I'd go along with that. And the the Colts on offense, the, you know, the O-line came to play. I mean, I've never seen a Phil Rivers with his uniform so clean at the end of a game. But, mm. like, it was just a bit dreary, wasn't it? Especially because it was in Jacksonville and all those fans were just like, oh, Jacksonville. <laughs> all 12 of them. Yeah. Um one big thing that will also now worry the Colts is I know that they they like Jonathan Taylor as as sort of their rookie back, but I don't think they were expecting to have him thrust to full blown starter after just one week because Marlon Max out for the season. Yeah, he's mm. torn as Achilles, bless him. Which, to be fair, we've always said that the run game was the Achilles heel of the Colts, and now now here we are again. Shut right, just just leave it in. We're leaving it in, Emma. Emma. <laughs> Leave it in. Get rid. <laughs> Leave it in. Emma Sam's muted his mic to laugh at it. Emma He's gets so red. <laughs> Sam is, I can see the big red mic, Mark. Get it unmuted and get laughing, son. It was like, that was the most forced pun. <laughs> Did you guys ever hear about rhinos? Well, here's a pun for you. <laughs> Should we leave this game and that joke? <laughs> leave it in the dust. Yeah. Yeah, go on then. All right, and one word about Packers... uh, Sorry, one word about Panthers, Raiders, Sam. One word? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Five words. Raiders, offense, good. Rugs, good. Okay. Nice, I like it. Yeah, pretty succinct, you know, to the point. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. is it Henry Ruggs? Henry Ruggs III. Yeah, Raiders rookie. Beautiful, was it 45, 50 yard patch? Yeah. Ed, do you want to go for your five words? <laughs> Josh Jacobs runs all day. See, that's very similar to mine, and now I've got to tweak mine because mine was originally Josh Jacobs can run footballs. But <laughs> now I'm going to have to go for Jacobs, Rugs, win, game, Sports. go Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this game was kind of, you know, 
if the if the games around going on around it had been worse, this game would have been better. But as it was, it was just two better than expected offenses beating up on two worse than expected defenses. Yeah. Shall we move swiftly on? Because I don't think that we've got much else to to really add to this. Every day, one man must sit on the floor in some pillows next to a clothing rail in a spare room while his colleagues sit on a comfy bed with appropriate seating. For just £200 in total, we can get this man a chair and a table so that he can podcast in comfort and not need to stretch his groin every week. Please, please pledge as much as you can or as much as you really want to to this poverty-stricken boy and help him afford a table and chair. Please go to http colon forward slash forward slash www.stiffupperlippod.com forward slash the cleft chinchilla appeal appeal. Thank you and please donate what you can to this unfortunate boy. Thank you. This has been a message brought to you by the Cleft Chinchilla Appeal Appeal Foundation. If you would like to know more, please visit our website. Thank you. Sam, who do you think the Zap Brannigan of the NFL is? The Zap Brannigan? What kind of tasteless owns really? a lot of velour? <laughs> is it Matt Patricia? <laughs> um, what do you think? Is Matt Patricia the Zap Brannigan of the NFL? I don't know whether or not we can even really give him a title that's even anywhere near as interesting as Zap Brannigan, because Zap Brannigan is the best <laughs> character in Futurama. Uh, Matt Patricia's Matt... not even the best character in Detroit. Mm, that's true. You know you know, in, like, The Sims, you know what I mean by, like, a painting goblin? Yes, I always have a painting goblin. Matt Patricia is the painting goblin of the Detroit Lions. Sam, are you not aware of what a painting goblin is? No. It's is it like... a painting of a goblin? Is it no, a goblin no, no. in a painting? No, quite. It's like a um, it's like a sim who lives in a basement under the regular house, but like two, you build two basements and then you delete the middle floor, so it's essentially just in like a chamber underground. And all they do is like eat, sleep, and do paintings. Now you make the house loads of money, and the money just arrives in the inventory because they've simply got a painting goblin. So when you play the sim, you have a weird little indentured servant. Yeah. <laughs> In the basement Actually, of your house, turning out like mediocre landscapes, so you can buy a, another like tasteless wardrobe. Essentially, yeah. I actually don't make my Sims before I've made the painting goblin. The painting goblin comes first. Anyone that can sit down and play the Sims and really truly enjoy it, I feel is a little bit of a sociopath. <laughs> you know, I feel the same way. Actually, yeah. I. I agree as well. Um, so anyway, uh, Tiny Potato Gaming will be streaming Sims 4, <laughs> as will Little Moon Gaming. I'm gonna, I'm gonna assume. So both of them absolutely love playing The Sims. Mm-hmm. Way Prime alienate the, other. the pair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Screw them. Screw them. Anyway, shall we move on from Panthers Raiders to another potentially uninteresting game i i do actually i mean there, there is one that still might be considered interesting well no there are there are a few that i consider interesting but i feel like we should get the shit ones out of the way and finish on a high note okay what what, what class is a shit one for you bill's jets oh yeah yeah. well i mean the jets are hot trash <laughs> yeah and the bills weren't even that much better really they played bills like against the team that were trash like so 
they were guaranteed to win because the Jets are straight up hot garbage and Adam Gase somehow still has a job. No no idea why. Yeah, if, if Matt Patricia is the painting gremlin of the NFL, then I don't know, Adam Gase is like, that's, you know that sim that like arrives on the lot and you like lock the doors? Yeah, yeah. Adam Gase is that man. Usually wants to talk about like fishing and your character's got absolutely no interest in it and it's just like, oh, bore off. You guys ever heard of a check down? Because I have. (laughs) (laughs) I actually, I do have one note about this, and it's that Le'Veon Bell potentially could end up hurt as well. Uh, Just what the fuck is going on? Le'Veon Bell was in the top 10 of the like NFL top 100 three years ago. And now he's barely in the league. He's hanging on by a thread in New York. What the fuck does New York do to generational talent running backs? What a cough drop. Yeah. God damn it, Le'Veon Bell. I mean, the... he's not very good anymore. Like, he didn't show anything last season and he carried it off this game. Somehow worse. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they they tried to ship him before he even played a snap in New York, which should have been a red a fucking alarm bell immediately. But the dude held out for more money, got less money, and has now ruined his career. What kind of market reset does that do to a running back market? And again, we're going to end up in this position where like, now that Alvin Kamara and uh, Joe Mixon have just been paid. Dalvin Cook's been paid as well. Dalvin well, Cook as well. That that wonderful 2017 class of running backs have got the money that they need and sort of deserve. Yeah, except Leonard Fournette, who, I mean, he deserves the money that he's getting, which is probably not that much right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure... Yeah, other than that, though, there, re- there really isn't anything interesting to say about this Bills-Jets game. I think the Bills have to prove themselves against better opposition. The Jets probably have to prove themselves against worst opposition. That's, that's all there is to it. Yeah. I'd, I'd say that the next game that I'm going to send, well, I'm going to petition to send us to is the last of the uninteresting games, but it still has an interesting element. It's Bengals Chargers, uh, a game which ended up being a complete mess of a game, really, from both offences. Um Joe Burrow has to hate Randy Bullock right now, surely. Did anyone see the way that... Cause after Randy Bullock missed the game-tying field goal, the chip shot of all chip shots, he held his right calf, and then apparently he had an MRI on his left calf, and that was the damaged one. So it's clearly all just bullshit. And Randy Bullock was just trying to protect his ego because it was a horrible miss from a horrible kicker on a horrible team that finally had a bright spark, and it, it, it faded against a bad Chargers team as well. I mean, I wouldn't say it faded. I mean, th- their opportunities to win faded. But I thought Joe Burrow was fine in his in his first game. I mean, hmm. he wasn't setting the world on fire and pulling up trees. But all he had to do was keep that offense ticking, and they routinely stopped. I mean, Joe Mixon fumbled. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Yeah, true, yeah. Burrow got a rushing TD and then threw a pick and made good decisions and then bad decisions and then great decisions and then bad decisions. Yeah, the the issue for me with the Bengals is uh, on offense because they've got these weapons. I mean, you've got AJ Green who looked pretty good and he, it was obviously a favorable target. Got Joe Mixon, obviously, who's one of the best running backs in the league when he's when he's healthy and when he's sort of ticking. Promising young talent. You had sort of Tyler Boyd and John Ross ended up having like decent days, but that O line is as leaky as it comes and the, the Chargers just Joe Burrow had no chance really and the Char- the Chargers D line I don't even think is up there as 
one of the best ones. I mean, they're going to have to deal with the Ravens and the Steelers and Miles Garrett six times this year. Joe Burrow might end up in a similar position to how Carson Wentz ended up looking at the end of this game. Just from the amount of pressure that he's just going to have to deal with. They need O-line pieces. That's their, that's their big, big point of contention as far as I'm concerned. I would concur with that, but I, I think I do think that Burrow certainly showed promise. Like I think he already showed in that game that he had. He, I think his floor was Dalton. That, I think that's what he showed in that game. Mm, yeah, which is it's a good floor to have. I mean, it's it's the most average floor in the league, but you know, it's 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 better than being having a bad floor and keep like, the game close against mediocre teams. I mean, that's a trait that. Wouldn't necessarily want in your QB, but wouldn't harm if you're on a bad side. Yeah, exactly. Anyone want to go to one of the interesting games then? Because we've got a few to pick from. Should we go Dallas LA? Opening up at SoFi? Yeah, I, I'm wearing egg all over my face on this one. Because I, I said the Rams would be crap, and the Rams came out and fucked it up for an hour. They really did. Aaron Donald was unplayable. Yeah. I, I I hope we've all by now seen the video of him pushing two O-linemen, just, just shoving two O-linemen out of the way and going for a third. Yeah. That's like, uh, trans, that's transcendent talent. That's like men against boys stuff. If I'm not mistaken, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think that the Rams have got the Eagles next week. So, I mean, that O-line couldn't even deal with Washington's front seven. What are they going to do when Aaron Donald shows up and just wreaks havoc for nigh on three hours of football? I, I also had egg on my face. I thought that the Cowboys would be good. Mike McCarthy shows up and turns out they're still not good. But the Rams had a great day, I will I will say. Jared Goff, they counted the fact that he is terrible under pressure by just choosing to get him out of pressure every chance. Yeah, just just throw it, Jared. Just, 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 throw, it it you, just throw it to your first read, mate. Exactly. And, and no doubt they'll probably be open. Some injuries happened for the Cowboys, unfortunately. Leighton Van Der Esch ended up breaking his collarbone. So whether or not if he'd stayed healthy for the full game, maybe we could have seen something. There was a bone of contention, well, a contentious bone of dubious offensive PI call in this game. Michael Gallup, right at the end, with the game on the line, makes the catch. Jalen Ramsey, potential Oscar-worthy levels of uh, playing for the call. I mean, what are your thoughts? He was certainly playing for the call, but it was also the right call. Um, there's clear push-off there, and in that by the letter of the law, it's OPI. You can be a bit disappointed as a fan, but um, yeah, you can be sort of uh, you can be salty about it as a fan. But the truth is, you know, it was a one-way push. Gallup got the space he needed to make the catch, but he did so because he pushed Jalen Ramsey out of the way. It's, uh, not, it's not particularly contentious for me, other than the fact that it was a potential game winner. I think that's fair enough. I think I'm slightly leaning towards the way of, I don't think it was, but I can see the argument as to why in the same way that I can see the argument for AJ Green's potential push-off. I thought that that was another dubious one, but I could see the call. I personally thought that it wasn't OPI either. And then there was one in the Steelers-Giants game where Evan Ingram got called for it as well. did seem like there was sort of three almost non almost on calls for OPI so it was it, yeah definitely one for the uh, NFL officials to to get their heads around but at least it was consistent that's one thing yeah that's true i mean the uh, the standard of officiating this week wasn't great but it was better than we saw a lot of times last season okay what where where interests us now sam 
I'm bringing in my uh, my NFC North tag partner now. Doth she approach? Hi. Yo yo. Can we put like a um? Can you put yourself like a wrestling intro? And our challenger from somewhere north of where Jamie T's from. She is the undisputed tag team partner champion of the world with Edward Wilkins. Usually editor-in-chief and producer of this show, Emma Hebron. <laughs> Do I deserve that? I'm not sure. Hey, Sam. Yo, dog. Is Tom here too? Um, I believe he's departed to powder his nose. Oh, okay. That makes sense. And this picture is representing him, is it? How How are you, dude? Good. Better than the New York Giants. <laughs> Not that hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, sometimes it doesn't have to be a high bar. <laughs> I'm liking the beard. I think that the, the disaster that's happened here is that... Um, Neither Ed nor Tom are present right now, which just leaves the two of us, which seems like a really poor decision on their part. (laughs) (laughs) How is, um, I mean, how are you? What have you taken away from this week? I'm all right. Look at you trying to get us on on top here. I'm so proud. Um, Hello. (gasps) Tom's back. Thank God. (laughs) What was it bad without me or something? It was just. Me and Sam left to our own devices isn't, doesn't seem the best idea. Sam called you a sociopath earlier, so you'll have fun editing that. Why? I feel like we're... I feel like we're <laughs> Why? Mincing words here. Why did you call me a sociopath? I didn't directly call you a sociopath. Was it because I must like pain in order to be a Bears fan? No, it was that... nothing Bears related. <laughs> oh, great. That's, that's even better then. I said that anyone who can sit down and enjoy playing the sims for really any period of time has to on some level be associated oh well i'm i'll mull that over i was overjoyed but just because we won um general performance wise room, room for improvement <laughs> i was happy we won and i think it's really good that we were able to like rally against an attritional divisional rival because you know you have to be able to come back from stuff but at the same time we can't it was kind of self-inflicted so i don't really know (laughs) what are your thoughts on trubisky versus nick Foles going into week two i still want nick Foles. i i I mean like some the some people have the argument that he was bad because he didn't have confidence and that because he threw a touchdown pass he'll now be confident. But I think that's that's really <laughs> simplifying the problem. I mean, he's won games before and he's not just miraculously become good. So no. I I feel like we've wasted too much time just what like waiting for him to get better and i kind of think at some point you've got to just like look at what's actually happened and just make a fucking decision pull the plug the first three quarters of this game yeah the first three quarters of this game three quarters of the entire season last year 
yeah no i'm de i'm i'm over it i i think that the problem is they just they don't want to admit that they were wrong yeah it's almost as though they've sort of they've wasted this much time they may as well just waste until yeah. he's, until like because if they release him uh then they're gonna have to pay him and nobody's going to trade for him and he's not going to mutually agree to leave the Chicago Bears where he's guaranteed a payout so yeah. he's yeah. just sort of stuck around so they're like well i mean we've we've still got him we've wasted this much time on him let's let's just see if it works this one last time yeah i mean i'd be That's... fine to have him as my second qb mm. but n- not like he's better than a lot of people's second qbs but he's not he's not better than their first <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think now that Jameis Winston is a backup, and rightfully so, I think Trubisky is the worst starting quarterback in the league. It's not good. Yeah, and even with Jameis, like, like he wasn't good, but he he had a higher ceiling. Like Trubisky always kind of just operated around this little low level, whereas occasionally Jameis was did something good. Jameis least- would occasionally win. Stun. Yeah, it's at least exciting rather than just the constant monotony of losing. I mean, it doesn't sound it doesn't sound great when when your starting quarterback does sound like a sort of shit Gen One Pokemon. So you could definitely imagine Trubisky being like a Pokemon that'd have like fucking Growl, Leer, just trying done. Yeah, yeah. All, all of the worst ones. Yeah. Yeah, it it will evolve, but you'll just be waiting years and years and years. Harden. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's him. Yep. He is an attractive man. He has that going for him. Yeah. I I guess. I was just thinking the other day, like what when we were watching, I was like, that's probably his redeeming quality. Is that at least when I'm staring, I'm not having to stare at something unattractive. He's not the most attractive quarterback in the league, I I do have to say. Who do you think is? Well, I think what Ryan Fitzmagic. I think I think Fitzmagic is is a grizzled man. I just don't. Yeah, he's not. He's mm. not really. I suppose my sort it depends. Of... The real question here really is, uh, Tom, what's your type? What's my type? Well, if it's not the grizzled man, what kind of man is it? Are I you a Brady? Any, like, I don't know. I think it's definitely not. A, I definitely don't think it's a Brady. I, I, it's definitely not Brady. Okay, because he's a Point. chiseled, handsome. Mm. Tom Brady I mean, is be. a Christian father, and I'm not. Mm. I'm not about the fucking. I'm going to work. I'm going to work a nine to five, and I'm going to take my children to church and and all that. Uh, Phil Rivers is also out of the question for the same thing. You're not like Who a mini fan. Least attractive quarterback in the NFL. Who do I think the least attractive? Ah, mm. oh, that's a good, good... question. Now you're asking the good questions. What's the question? Who's the least attractive quarterback? Off the top think... of my head, I think it might be Drew Brees. Drew I think Brees, Drew Brees yeah. is ugly. He looks like I... a pinky finger. He looks like a bog farmer. You know what? I think that my least, oh sorry, my most attractive is uh, Danger Russ, Go Hawk, Let Russ Cook. Oh, Wilson. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Russell a, Wilson is very attractive, yeah. He's a very attractive man. Uh, I also do quite like Cam Newton for that for that same for that same purpose. Um, I can wear a hat. He can wear a hat. He's got great fashion sense. I think I quite that like it. That counts for a lot. 
It does. It counts for far more than most people are willing to admit. Uh, <laughs> Ed, Ed says Tyrod Taylor. What, for most or least? Most. Most. I like his personality. I don't oh, think he's the one burn. for me. <laughs> Tom <laughs> likes his personality. Fucking hell, that's what everyone wants to hear, isn't it? <laughs> no, personality counts for a lot, uh, which is why I don't like Phil Rivers. I think it everyone might be Phil Rivers. That. Everyone says that personality counts for a lot, but at the end of the day, it only counts for a smidge. What's the What's the kind of um, consensus on Gardner Minshew? I think Minshew is... He looks like a 70s pornographer. He's the sort of person that you'd have a one-night stand with and, and then, like, swiftly and, leave and then when you wake up. Herpes from. Yeah. He's <laughs> definitely... He's the sort of bloke that's carrying syphilis, I think. Yeah. I mean, Cam oh, Newton's sure. very attractive, but I don't know if I could date someone who had a better wardrobe than me. Oh, mm. that'd pr- that, that's not an issue for me. Everyone has a better wardrobe than me. I like to think that I am the worst dresser in the world, perhaps. You like I mean, to uh, think if you that. Can, yeah. If you can look at someone and tell by their wardrobe that they actively listen to Scar, I think that's really a... That's a positive, is it? Oh, dear God, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think Matt Stafford looks like he keeps birds. Matt Stafford definitely... Maybe, maybe if not birds, then bees. He's definitely keeping some kind of winged... Uh, animal. A winged, <laughs> a winged beast. <laughs> He's fairly attractive, though. Yeah, I actually I covered I've... all the interesting. I, d- I didn't ever think that Andy Dalton was attractive because he's like it, too symmetrical. Like if you Andy took Dalton. being symmetrical too far. Helmer Hits is a non-profit organisation on Facebook that is helping to further the culture of American football in the UK by contacting councils to get the sport into schools and by helping donate money to current teams so they can buy equipment and kits and anything that they might need. If you go onto their Facebook group, you can buy raffle tickets for £10 to win autographed jerseys and helmets, so get on it now. Anyway, we've got some NFL to discuss. Oh, I'm so sorry. I thought that this this is what we're here. This is what the people want. This is the most interested I've been. <laughs> most interested Sam's been. <laughs> I heard that you made notes, Sam. Oh yeah, I also have a, a handy dandy guide in front of me telling which teams are in what division. <laughs> <laughs> Is that see you can have all of this because no one's there with you. Yeah, it's not like last time where we shamed you for looking up an article about how to talk about football <laughs> while oh. talking about football. Beautiful. Look at that hard work. That's not hard work. He's putting a lot of work there. Yeah. And that's only my my physical note. I have reams on my phone. Wow. Really? Oh. I thought you meant for a second that you'd been like playing football. Like that you'd been <laughs> Like, that's only my notes. <laughs> <laughs> Me and I Hannah mean, have reenacted several times. Chuck in the pigskin. She has an absolute cannon for an arm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when we eventually are able to have the stiff upper lip league, she'll be an asset then. Oh, then. Do you think she'd be first pick of the stiff upper lip draft? I mean, potentially. I think I'd go free agent. I think it would get that bad. Yeah, I feel like I don't really occupy any particular... Do, do we need a kicker? <laughs> well, no, you're the muscle, Sam. Um, by what, you can push people by what down. Metric? Sam, you're by a tight end. 
like Some... biometric that the only other people playing are me, Tom, <laughs> Ed, and Beth, oh, probably. Pretty... You can be my tight end if you want, Sam. Oh, wow. That sounds rude, but I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> I actually... You can be I my can... tight end, Sam. <laughs> I, can, I can throw a ball. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty competent, you know. I, I did a tight spiral the other day. Did you? I did. Ed watched, so he can attest to it. Nice. And he kicked it. He kicked the ball. What, That's at the end skill. of the tight spiral? <laughs> <laughs> no, just as a separate, he just he he was able to punt it. Did it go far? He's oh. nodding yes, but I wouldn't trust that. I think I've scored a 40-yard field goal. Okay, now you're getting ridiculous. I'm going to leave. That's a very bold claim. <laughs> I don't, I don't, it didn't look 40 yards from where I was. <laughs> I do have it on film, so I will send it to you. And we will be posting that on our Instagram, which you can be checking out on Stiff Upper Lip Pod Instagram. There you go. Loving the plug. Ed told me that I had to plug the Instagram today and that I could also plug all of our Twitch accounts. So that's what I've done. Oh, okay. Plug away. I already did it. <laughs> there you go. Bye, gang. Bye, Emma. Um, it's, it's, it's reheated, so, you know, we... Hey, a reheated bolognese, I think, is better than a regular bolognese. Why are you pronouncing the G so firmly? Bolognese. I don't know. Bolognese. <laughs> bolognese. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, Tom's got bolognese. Italian relatives, so I'm sure he'll be able to oh, give us the correct God. pronunciation. Really? This is like the second time in two evenings I've been bullied. <laughs> <laughs> Should we get on to really... Should we get on to our... leaning into it a bit more? What? Have you considered leaning into the whole Italian thing a bit more? No, I'm actually considering leaning further away from it the more uh, <laughs> lockdown happens. Yeah, the, ne- the next time we see him, he's going to climb out of a pipe. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be dressed in all purple, though. None of this fucking Mario or Luigi bollocks. Oh, I was going to say, do you have, like, an underwhelming brother? Have you have you ever heard Tom's Waluigi song? Um, I feel like I have. He probably has. I do it a lot. I'm pretty sure I've done it on this podcast before. Yeah. Would you pinch it off for us again, please? Just Do I, is that the first Waluigi of season two? Yeah. And we can we can use this to preface uh, a quarterback who throws like Waluigi against a team who wears Waluigi's colours. Browns, Ravens. Where? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like yeah. Waluigi would be quite a good quarterback. No, he's Those too aren't. spindly. No, uh, it's it. I mean, He'd be a great wide receiver. Maybe maybe a solid cornerback, I think. Mm. Why hasn't Mario ever done an American football game? Because the NFL won't give him a license. No, but you can do American football without the NFL. There, I mean, they, there did are... the, they did Mario soccer without, which is an absolute exactly. star of Exactly. Doesn't even have to be like full 11v11 plus a defense, plus special teams. Just have, like, 5v5. I mean, to be fair, if you, like, threw a TD to Toad, you would feel like, kind of... I'd feel like a shit. <laughs> There's no exactly. way that Toad is ever catching. Toad the Toad... ball. <laughs> <laughs> Toad's the kicker, if I've ever seen one. Imagine, though. Imagine you throw a pass and you're thinking, oh, that's way overthrown, and then, like, Cooper Trooper on his cloud, like, flies off. <laughs> Although Cooper Trooper doesn't actually use a cloud. I can't remember who it is that uses one, but it's... It's a little camera guy from Mario 64. Yeah, it's that dude. Lakitu.
Lakitu, that's the one. Get him with his Mario knowledge. Anyway, Ravens-Browns. The Browns continue to be a mess. I unfortunately said before our pre well in our preview show that I was quite high on the Browns this year. Uh, <laughs> they, they, they then went and lost by 32 points, have released their kicker and put David Njoku, the only scoring player on the day, on injury reserve. So the only points that a Brown player scored came from a man who is now out for at least eight weeks. So in other words, Tom, what you really need to tell us is that your face, you know, cheeks, forehead, smothered in egg. Yep, full on. (laughs) I mean, they were already well and truly in capital egg on your face the moment that I said that I was high on the Browns because, I mean, nobody should be high on that bum organisation. But (laughs) I said it anyway. And look what was this done. in the context of this game or in a more kind of season-wide? Well, it was in a season-wide point. I did say that the Ravens would win, but I, I, I didn't expect it to be uh, this damning. <laughs> Shout out to Austin Hooper, who single-handedly lost me uh, all four of my NFL Fantasy League games by being a complete shit and getting targeted once. Also, shout out to Baker Mayfield for only targeting him once. Just in general, shout out to the Browns. Mm-hmm. Nick, Nick, Trubb, Nick Trubb was on both my teams. That one well. Yep. Yeah. Fuck the Browns. However, Lamar Jackson did his thing. Not quite to the level of his usual thing. But to be fair, when you've got J.K. Dobbins and Melvin Ingram, you can sort of not have to do all of that runny shy all of the time. Uh, oh, J.K. Right. Dobbins, uh, Mark Ingram, sorry, apologies. J.K. Dobbins had a good start to life in Baltimore and, and life in the NFL. Yeah, I would agree. I think he, is it three TDs he rushed? I think only just, two. It was just two. He had a great starter, but he, he's sort of a, um, just another weapon in that backfield. I mean, why bother having receivers when you can just flood the flood the game with running backs? I mean, it, it worked well, didn't it? And it's just yet another re- Right, let's grab all that. NFL is exciting when two teams of contrasting styles turn up to play, okay? Mm. The Raven style will contrast with anyone. The Brown style will contrast with anyone who wants to win. So <laughs> it was it was an interesting game in that regard. That's my analysis. It's good analysis. I'm starting a new segment where I talk about catch of the week. Did anyone see Mar- uh, Mark Ingram, uh, Mark Andrews' first touchdown grab? Because it was a beauty. It was a peach. Yeah, it was an overthrown sort of pass from Lamar Jackson, but you wouldn't believe it based off of the result of it because Mark Andrews reaches up one-handed, over overtops his head and yanks it down, secured in the back of the end zone. It was a it was a great way to start the game for the Ravens and a great way to get off to a uh, cooking start in the NFL. So well done, Mark Andrews with catch of the week. Anyone got any thoughts about whether or not my prediction? Well, my point of catch of the week is complete bullshit and I'll never do it ever again. No, I liked it. I think long may it continue. Fantastic. Anyone got anything else to add for Ravens-Browns except well, potentially more panning of the Browns? I mean, it, it, <laughs> you lost by 30 points. It's clearly not the kicker's fault. Yeah. But Austin I mean, Siebert gets shown his marching orders, which, I mean, that's unfair, isn't it? Like, on a team that underperformed en masse, why you would be singled out to be released as... A little bit crap. It just I don't I don't see that they've particularly got a better kicker in with Cody Parkey either, so <laughs> No, I'm sure Emma would have something to say about that. Yep. Yikes. And shall we finish it off with 
the game that everyone had down as game of the week. And it, it did, to an extent, deliver. Saints 34, Buccaneers 23. OJ Howard's on tight end. Touchdown, Tampa. Was hat Tom Brady da gerade gesagt? Oh, das darf man doch gar nicht sagen im Fernsehen. Irgendwas mit Mutterbeischläfern hat wow. er gesagt. Did he deliver? Yeah, I was a little underwhelmed by that. Really? I... Yeah, I expected a little more from Drew Brees. Brady looked shakier than he, you know, obviously a massive change for him, you know, but uh, certainly not the standard that I'd expect. Two interceptions, that's I don't think he threw more than one in any game last year. No, I think aside from the Titans game in the playoffs, I think he, yeah, I don't think he threw more than one in any game either. So yeah, you are mm. right. Maybe I just reveled too much in the fact that Tom Brady was struggling in a in a new team in a new system, and <laughs> was being Same exposed. Point. He sort of made one very good pass uh, early doors for about twenty seven yards to Chris Godwin, and then swiftly forgot to target basically the rest of his team. Ronald Jones was pretty much the Buccaneers' standout player from where I was standing. Dude had a great game. Mm. He did. I mean, he still he averaged what less than four yards a carry. Yeah, um, but to be fair, the Saints' run defense I thought made that look worse. He he broke off some very nice runs as far as as far as I was seeing. He passed the eye test for sure for me. Yeah, it, it was a bit of feast or famine. I think he was getting stopped early in the backfield or you know breaking it for a first down in a good game. One thing I thought about this game though, I was. You know, we we talk about Phil Rivers is on the decline and it's clear to see because he's this gunslinger mentality of just let's get out and just chuck it up to anyone. Drew Brees, he's barely got an arm anymore. Like, I know it's early to be saying that, but like there was no zip on any of his passes. He attempted one pass over twenty yards. That is a good point, actually. I I did notice that. I think it can be it can be easy to sort of make very well placed passes when you've got your players sort of Emmanuel Sanders, uh, Mike Thomas, of course, Jared Cook, uh, Alvin Kamara in the backfield as well. It can make it sort of not as apparent, whereas with the Brady one, they they still had that sort of verts offense. But yeah, I, I do agree. Drew Brees' arm is is very much on its on its last legs, and that it, it probably was like <laughs> last last year, really. And it's like image of like just like an one, arm on just like a singular two arm. little legs, <laughs> <laughs> or like. Uh, one of those uh, like robots from like a nineties movie where they don't really know what exoskeleton or endoskeletons sort of should look like, so it's just like a pair of legs and a pelvis, and then just like <laughs> a thing that shouldn't be anywhere. That's that's the arm, pair of legs and a pelvis. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna float this out there because I think it's an interesting proposition. The Saints yeah. with Jameis Winston. Are you being serious, or are you are you sort of trying to get like the <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick being the best player in the NFL sort of take oh. off the ground again. <laughs> Jameis Winston was absolutely the most 30 picks and 30 touchdowns last year. Yeah, he was chaotic energy, but like, I don't, again, I don't want any of these guys that you keep pr- proposing as the best player in the NFL anywhere near my team. <laughs> All I'm saying is, in terms of, <laughs> in terms of entertainment value, Brady is more sizzle than steak. So is Drew Brees, right? Get Jameis right. Winston on there to throw 90 interceptions. Just do it. It's more fun. It's, it, the, the game is more fun with someone like Jameis who 
can't even fucking see, just lobbing it up. <laughs> Anyone could come down with it. It's a little bit like the sort of toss the bouquet at weddings, really, when Jameis Winston's in at QB. Yeah. <laughs> just sort of tosses it backwards and just hopes Mike Evans has got his big arms on him. Yeah. His Ma- big shit tattoo arms. <laughs> I tell you what, Jameis, Jameis would be the face of the Mario game, wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah, he would. Jameis Winston's Mario American football. It's, it's like, like the... Tony Hawk Pro Skater, but like, good. No, I'm kidding. Tony Hawk Pro Skater is still my favourite game. I think it pales in comparison to any of the skate offering. Sam, have you played the, the latest offering from Tony Hawk? I know it's a remaster, but have you no, played No, I it? haven't, because I resent spending money on it because I enjoy skates so much. Well, be prepared for when you eventually get it for free, courtesy of a potential birthday present at some point, Sam wins a birthday, <laughs> to have uh, your mind blown, son. I mean, you know, some, you know, you might be content with just, you know, pressing X and doing an ollie, but I want to work for it, damn it. Who wants to work when you can you can skate around listening to She's So F- uh, She's Famous Now by Real Big Fish, jumping off of high rooftops and doing spine transfers that are further than Jameis Winston's career trajectory in a downwards in a downward motion. <laughs> it, you know, it it's there. It serves a purpose, but yeah. it's you know, I feel like the world has moved on. I've never even stood on a skateboard. No, me neither. I have. I feel like you've been there when I tried to do an Ollie one. Yeah. Yes, I was there. Probably the sangria on my shirt. Sound plus concrete <laughs> equals pain. Oh, dear. That's a good like microcosm of my late teen trying to do an Ollie, <laughs> beefing it, and then spelling sangria on myself. So many, so many memories of my mum's sound. Enjoy.